Hello there and welcome to Mark My Words, a new show here on Being Sports which challenges three of our global correspondents to come up with the best argument to win a football debate. The rules are pretty simple, there'll be a different theme in each episode, four rounds, a new question in each round, the guys each have 90 seconds to come up with their best argument to win the debate, I decide who wins, award the points and there might just be a few prizes on offer at the end of the series. So without further ado, do let's meet our three reporters in the hot seat today. Firstly, France. Matt Spiro is our expert, all things League on. Hi, Matt. Jamie Easton is in Spain. He knows just about everything there is to know about La Liga and much more. Hello, pleasure to be here. And finally, Carrie Brown is our Premier League correspondent in London. So, a reminder, four rounds in each episode, a different question, and the theme for this first episode, guys and girls, is goals. So, it's goals. So, Matt Spiro, I'm going to start with you on this one. 90 seconds on the clock. And the first question for today is the best goal you have ever seen live. So, the best goal you personally have ever seen live. I want to hear your best arguments for Matt Spiro. 90 seconds. Off you go. This was a tough one. I've been lucky enough to witness some wonderful goals scored live over here in France. Thierry Henry, Kylian Mbappe, Neymar more recently. I was even in Kazan to see Benjamin Pavard score the goal of the World Cup in in 2018. But for me, I just felt I had to go for Dennis Bergkamp. I've seen a lot of Dennis Bergkamp goals during, during his time at Arsenal. Now, Dennis Bergkamp wasn't really a footballer. Dennis Bergkamp was an artist. His goals weren't just goals they were they were masterpieces so I've gone through a, a you know a, a collection of Dennis goals and uh, my favorite was scored at Highbury it was a Champions League game against Bayer Leverkusen uh, in 2001-2002 Leverkusen were a good side that year they went to the Champions League final Bergkamp got the ball it was towards the end of the game he was about 30 yards from goal he used his strength his skill to hold off Lucio and Jens Novotny who came towards him he swiveled found about a yard of space on the edge of the box, 20, 25 yards out. And he's just hit it like a, a sort of a, a pitching wedge shot of golf. I think, uh, but the Leverkusen goalkeeper was maybe a yard off his line. And it's just floated, just incredibly. And for those few seconds, you knew the goalkeeper was beaten. It was just unbelievable. Burkamp always said that he didn't like going to the left or to the right of the keeper because he didn't have much space. He preferred going over because he had all the space that he wanted. And he just had this just incredible vision, incredible touch, incredible skill. And that goal just left me absolutely um, astounded. It's a good start, a very good start indeed. And Dennis Burkamp, as we know, scored many great goals in his career. OK, Matt Spiro, that is your best goal you've ever seen live. Jamie Easton down in uh, Spain, we're going to go to you next. So, Jamie, the best goal, please, you have ever seen live. Well, maybe you'll be surprised because I've been able to see Leo Messi's goals for the last 10 years in every single stadium and the collection of goals is just amazing. I've seen obviously Neymar too, but there was a game with Messi and Neymar on the pitch playing for Barcelona against the team that Neymar is currently in. That was the biggest comeback ever. I remember being at the Camp Nou. The result was 3-0 half-time, so everybody believed that the comeback was possible. Then PSG scored and everything fell down in that stadium. But in the 89th minute, Barcelona needed three goals. So Neymar scored a penalty goal and it was the 95th minute. Neymar just did that assist for Sergio Roberto. Sergio Roberto, his most important goal of his career, he even 
keep streaming with that goal as every Barca fan does. He just appeared flying inside the penalty area and it was magic at the Camp Nou. It was at the zone where the flash interviews go on and I remember journalists showing themselves on the floor, fans crying. I just remember today the face of Unai Emery when he arrived. So that goal meant a lot for Barca fans. And I can remember also all the Barca players appearing to give their answers. They were crying and Luis Enrique couldn't explain what just happened. A pity then that at the end Juventus uh, ended the dream for Barcelona. But that goal still is in my mind every day. Yeah, so much emotion attached to that goal, wasn't it? What an unbelievable comeback that night for Barcelona against Paris Saint-Germain. Okay, can pretty I, can strong. I just say, Jamie, Jamie yeah, didn't it, mention yeah. all, all, all the penalties that the PSG weren't given in that game and the penalties Barcelona got. I mean, you talk, <laughs> uh, you know, we've talked about games, results being tarnished by cheating or by... The, anyway, I'll, 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 let, I'll let you move on with the show, but I just wanted to get that. You yeah, seem let's... like Mourinho right now. <laughs> we don't want to get the legal people involved in this show. Let's just keep it clean, people. Let's keep it clean. Carrie Brown, 90 seconds on the clock, please. Your best goal that you've ever seen live. I'm going to start with an opening question. Do I get points for honesty? Yes. Okay, so Friends Arena, England, Sweden are fairly innocuous friendly in the summer to open up their brand new stadium. And we all know what happened next. Slatan with that incredible scorpion scissor kick right past Joe Hart. Who else but Zlatan would be so audacious and pull it off with such a plomb? And who had to be in the tunnel because that happened in the last dying moments? Yes, yes, I spoke to him about it afterwards. He explained it all to me. Apparently it was really quite nice. But where I was and where I naughtily hadn't returned down to the tunnel, thankfully because the Spanish players take so long, as Jamie knows in the dressing room, yeah. to get ready to come into a mix zone, was remarkably in the burnabout on a day I will never forget, the 27th of April, Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola in a clash of seven El Clasicos. And it was deadlock. Mourinho has parked the bus, but then it was Messi who broke the deadlock. And how could you miss this? Jamie Easton counted as the third best goal ever scored in the history of Barcelona. Messi picking up the ball just inside Real Madrid's area, jinking past three players, including Marcelo the wall, before perfectly placing that ball past the impenetrable Ica Casillas. Yes, it was an ugly game, but that... That was beautiful football. So, Carrie, just to confirm, you're going for that ahead of Ibrahimovic's scorpion kick against England, yeah? Officially, you didn't see it live. In the tunnel. Can I count uh, it? Ah, yeah. okay, right. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Points for honesty. Right. Points for honesty. Okay, okay. It's a, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one because Matt Spiro to you, first of all. Dennis Burkamp, as I said, scored many wonderful goals. You remember that one in, I think it was the 98 World Cup uh, against Argentina? Unbelievable, wasn't it? Jamie, such emotion attached to your goal, it's very difficult. And, and Carrie Leo Messi scored so many wonderful goals. I'm going to give the point, oh, it's a difficult one to decide, but I'm going to give the point to Matt Spiro on this occasion because it's probably a forgotten goal, Dennis Bergkamp. But so many people talk about that FA Cup strike against uh, Newcastle and the, the goals that Bergkamp scored, but that one against Bayer Leverkusen, I remember it, and it was very, very special. So a point in this first round goes to Matt Spiro. Okay, let's crack on with round two. Jamie Easton, we're going to start with you on this one. And the question for round two is the best 
goal this season that has been scored across all of the European leagues. So the best goal, in your opinion, that's been scored this season so far in all of the European leagues. So Jamie, 90 seconds, off you go. So it's time to travel to Italy now. It was the opening game for Inter Milan this season. They were facing Lecce and they were winning 3-0. Antonio Candreva was at the bench. He was a substitute. That was what Antonio Conte decided. And suddenly he entered the pitch on the 65th minute. And it only took 18 minutes for him to score probably what it is still today, the best goal we've seen this season, because he was 40 meters away from the goal. We can know that, for example, Nicolo Barella gave the assist, but we don't care who gave the assist, because that wasn't an assist, that was a normal pass in the midfield, and suddenly Candreva just grabbed the ball, left right-footed sorry, and in the corner, left corner, impossible for the goalkeeper. That's where the spiders are building their homes in every single stadium. It's very difficult to put the ball there. I still astonish when I see that goal repeated. And that meant for Inter Milan an amazing beginning of the Serie A. Winning 4-0, competing against Juventus when nobody expected to. Juventus has been the favourite in Italy for many years right now. So there's an amazing competition in Italy between Inter Milan and Juventus and mainly some of the merit goes for that wonderful game by Inter Milan and that wonderful, wonderful goal by Antonio Candreva. Yeah, really was a good goal and it started off the Antonio Conte role at, uh, at Inter Milan in fine style, didn't it? So it's a strong contender, Carrie. We're going to go to you next. The best goal that you believe has been scored across all the European leagues this season. Off you go. Mmm, Bappe. <laughs> You've got to look at what he's done all season, haven't you? Possibly, arguably, the most valuable player maybe in world football. But, and I have to say, Kevin De Bruyne nearly came close with that fantastic strike that ricocheted across the crossbar from just a beautifully controlled ball this season and Son's darting brilliance as well. But it had to be Mbappe in the Coupe de France semi-final where he simply accelerated at rocket-propelled speed but also jinked past defender, defender, all the pressure on him, taken with such consummate ease. It is a goal that you watch on replay time, time and time again. But however many times you replay it, you can't simply see his footwork because he just is that fast. He scored a hat-trick in that match, but the pressure had all been on PSG. They were down a goal in the 11th minute. All the players thrown on to that one man, and they couldn't stop him. Hmm, Okay, Yeah, Kylian Mbappe scored many wonderful goals, hasn't he, so far in his early Paris Saint-Germain career. But uh, that one is a memorable one, certainly so. Okay, Matt Spiro, we're going to go to you now. Finally, in this round, the goal of the season, in your opinion, across all of the European leagues. What have you got for us? Well, I have to say, I do admire Carrie's taste. I do think the um, the best goals in Europe this season have, have mainly been scored in France. And actually, yeah, quite a few of them have been scored just up the road from from where I live at the Parc des Princes. That that goal that Mbappe scored, which was actually in in, in Lyon Stadium, phenomenal goal. But um, Marcelo, the Brazilian defender, um, I probably could have gone past him that night he was like you know wooden kind of statue in, in midfield but it, you know it was a good run and he scored all the way from goals, the halfway line mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no I mean you know I probably yeah. wouldn't have finished two more defenders before that. I could have, two more I might not have beaten <laughs> Lopez but I would have beaten Marcelo anyway um, Neymar Neymar has scored 
he started this season in terrible fashion because he was injured. He was out for four months. Um, he came back in September. The PSG fans decided they hated him because he'd, he'd been flirting too much with Barcelona. He gave an interview where he said his best footballing memory was the remontada when he uh, scored a hat-trick for Barcelona against PSG. And the PSG fans were thinking, wow, well, we've had enough of you. You've been injured. He came back. He played against Strasbourg. He got booed by some of the Parc des Princes. In the 92nd minute, the game was tied. And Neymar just decided, OK, I'm going to do a little piece of magic. Cross from the left from Abdou Diallo. And he did this just unbelievable overhead scissor kick with his with his left foot, a volley into the bottom corner. And it was just an, just an astonishing goal. And the circumstances were, were amazing as well because the fans all like leapt up. They were like, yeah, last minute winner. What a goal. And they were like, well, hang on. It was it was Neymar. Do we do we cheer? But yeah, he's won the PSG fans back over. No problem. Mm, certainly has and goals like that will have uh, no doubt helped his cause again a well fought out round between all three of you yellow card to Matt Spiro for attacking other people's answers you know we won't accept that on this quiz at all (laughs) so because of that I'm going to give the point on this occasion to Kylian Mbappe and to Carrie Brown who gets herself on the leaderboard well done Carrie so two rounds gone Matt Spiro has a point Carrie Brown has a point as well and it's Carrie who's going to start us off on round three the next question is a tricky one I think the most important an emphasis on the word important goal ever scored so the goal that's had perhaps the biggest impact on a club on a game on a whole competition ever scored pretty tricky one this I think Carrie 90 seconds what have you got I'm going for the heartstrings on this and I'm going for a goal scored by Bobby Charlton on the 29th of May in 1968. It was the winner of the European Cup final at Wembley. But 10 years before that, the Busby Babes had gone unbeaten in 11 matches when their plane stopped off at Munich Airport and on takeoff, it didn't take off. And most of the Busby Babes perished in that disaster. The coach... So Matt Busby was read his last rites twice and yet remarkably of an incident that they refused to speak of for 10 years in that dressing room. That team was reformed and just 10 years later in a match against the great Eusebio, they went to extra time and the goals were scored. Three goals scored. One scored by the remarkable Bobby Charlton. His brother Jack said of Bobby that he'd never seen him smile after that crash to that very day until the day he scored that goal. There had been no emotion, there'd been no talk of the air disaster until that day and the emotion poured out as Sir Matt Busby grabbed Bobby in his arm in an emotional celebration. At this difficult time, it's always useful to remember that football will always find a way to go for the greatest of hurts. Hmm, yeah, okay, Carrie, that's a pretty compelling argument. You've got to say, 1968 European Cup final, which went the way of Manchester United against Benfica, of course. So we'll go to Matt Spiro next, the most important goal ever scored, in your opinion, Matt. Well, Matt, I'm also going for a Manchester United goal, but it may not be a name that uh, people out there will be expecting because it was in 1990. United were, were not a very good side and Sir Alex Ferguson was really, really struggling. Um, and the United fans were actually calling for his head. In their previous home game, they lost to Crystal Palace. There was a banner saying, we want Fergie out. Three years of excuses. We've had enough. And it was confirmed later that had they lost the FA Cup third round away to Nottingham Forest, Fergie would have gone. Mark Robbins. Mark Robbins scored a header. Not everybody 
maybe knows about Mark Robbins, little striker, scored, you know, chipped in with, with, with some decent goals, but none were more important than this. Beautiful sort of curling cross from, uh, from Mark Hughes, stooping header by Robbins. United go through, phew, Ferguson is saved. All thanks to that goal. United go on to win the FA Cup that year. United, of course, go on to become the dominant force in English football. Had Robbins not scored, Fergie would have gone. He did score. Fergie stayed, and over his time at Manchester United, he won 38 trophies. He won 13 Premier League titles, two Champions Leagues, a couple of doubles, um, a treble, and all of that is thanks to Mark Robbins. It's not Eric Cantona, it's not Solskjaer, it's not people like that. No, it's little Mark Robbins. Had he not steered that header into the bottom corner, um, yeah, that, that, that would have been it. So cast your mind back to the county ground, Nottingham, a mud heap of a football pitch. Stuart Pearce just went to sleep. Robin's got ahead of him. Boom. 1-0. There we go. The city ground, Nottingham. Got to pick you up on that one. It was it was Nottingham Forest, not Notts County. I'll have to knock a point off for that one. You said the county ground. So it was a very good argument, but can Jamie Easton steal on a factual error? Jamie, what have you got for us? 90 seconds. Most important goal ever scored. Well, my heart was divided on this one because um, I was traveling to South Africa to pick Andres Iniesta's goal in the final against the Netherlands, the only World Cup we have won as a nation. But I have to pick another goal because of the importance of the goal, because of who scored it and because of the aesthetics of the goal. It was Zinedine Zidane in 2002, the Champions League final in Glasgow, plagued against Bayer Leverkusen. Just one minute before half-time, that goal arrived. I still remember Roberto Carlos in the left side, just throwing up in the air a ball, and we just asked, where does that go? And Zinedine Zidane just appeared outside the box, and the ball was just behind him, and I have to just reproduce this, and he put his leg over his chest nearly, <laughs> to just a perfect impact and the goal and it was just a wonderful goal we just understood why Florentino Perez signed Zinedine Zidane from Juventus he was already a Galactico but his legend just grew up after that game after that final so that's not maybe the one of the best goals I've ever uh, witnessed it's probably the most important goal for Zinedine Zidane and to build his legend as a player and now as a coach for Real Madrid where he has achieved three consecutive Champions League. So, Zinedine Zidane, complete hero in Madrid. Okay, guys, again, three good arguments. Here are my thoughts at this stage. Jamie Easton gets extra points for showing us his legs, which no one's done yet, so that definitely <laughs> has a, a tick in that column. However, Zinedine Zidane and that goal was absolutely mesmeric. In my opinion, probably the best goal ever scored. I don't think I've ever seen a better one. But important... Maybe. I'm just I'm just not sure of the importance of that goal. Listen, it helped them to win a Champions League, but they've won Champions Leagues in the previous, or certainly a year or two before that, haven't they? I remember them beating Valencia, I think it was, at the Parc de France. So I, I'm struggling with that one, Jamie. So I'm going to take you between the other two, between Carey and, and Manchester United in 1968 and winning the European Cup final after what happened to them and what she detailed, and Matt Spiro and that Matt Robbins goal. Again, I had to be critical of him telling us the wrong ground, but... Despite that, I'm going to give it to Matt Spiro because he's right. If Mark Robbins hadn't scored that goal against Nottingham Forest, Sir Alex Ferguson more than likely would have been sacked. Manchester United would not have had the level of domination that they've had. It was a, a massive goal for that football club and what they've achieved Matt, over thanks. the last 30 years. 
Thanks for the point. Thanks for correcting me. I just want to point out you just called him Matt Robbins, and then but you did say Mark after that. So just you know, <laughs> I'm not the only one making mistakes here. Listen, Spiro, I can't have points knocked off. I haven't got any to start with, so we'll leave it there. <laughs> Okay, our last round of the day is quite simple and it will feature in every episode. It is called Fact or Fiction. So let's not forget the theme for today is goals. So all the guys have to do is come up with a story about a goal that they've seen or has been scored across history. And all I have to do is work out if it's a true story or if it's a fib. If I get it right, the guys don't get a point. If I get it wrong, they score two points so two points on offer Jamie you can have a chance to catch up here if you can trick me but we're going to start once again with Matt Spiro on this round so a story Matt on a goal and I have to work out is it fact or fiction okay Matt I'm going to take us back to 1958 um, and a game in Stockholm the semi-final of the World Cup between Brazil and France and um, my my wife's great uncle um, was a man named Andre Laurent. Andre sadly on. passed away um, a, a couple of years ago. Andre was a super footballer. He was a defender for the uh, French national team. Um, early on in that game, Robert Jonquet got an injury. He actually fractured his leg. Um, and France had to... You didn't have substitutes back then. So poor old Andre Laurent was basically the only defender. France were playing with 10 men. And he was up against Pelé and Garincha. And uh, we know that Brazil won the game 5-2. But perhaps... You didn't know that Pelé, who became the youngest ever player to score a hat-trick in the World Cup that day at the age of 17, his third goal should not have been credited to him because it was he had the ball on the left and it was sort of a, a cross-come shot, but it was going well wide of the far post. And poor Andre Laurent, who was exhausted by this point, stuck out his right leg and deflected it past, uh, I think it was Dominic Colliner, the goalkeeper, and um, that basically sealed France, uh, France's fate. And, it, it, you know, it shouldn't, it should have been an Andre Laurent own goal and not, uh, and not Pelé's hat-trick. So, you know, Pelé was obviously pretty good, turned in a good performance. But I don't think he should be the youngest uh, ever scorer of a hat-trick in the World Cup. Sorry, just, just to come back on a quote there. Pelé was obviously pretty good. You're happy with that? <laughs> <laughs> blatant, blatant family name dropping as well. Blatant yeah. family name dropping. Yeah. <laughs> to which I couldn't I even interject because then you mentioned passing of family member. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I think. Uh, I think. I don't know. It's a tricky one. I'm going to go with. I mean, I can't remember. I, I haven't seen the goal. I can't remember it. Fifty-eight. I'm going to say that is fact, Matt Spiro. I'm. I, I'm putting my neck on the line. I say that is fact. Yeah, it's a good story, but no, it's 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 fiction. Oh. Andre Andre Laurent is my wife's uh, great uncle, and he did play without Robert Jonquet, who got injured. But no, he, he just had a torrid night. Pele got hat trick first, but didn't get the deflection <laughs> off Andre. Well done, well done to Matt Spiro. Tricked me on that first one. There was there's was, there was elements I thought you were convincing with that. I just couldn't quite work it out. So two points to Matt Spiro there. So we're going to go to Jamie next. So Jamie, uh, a story for me on a goal, and I just have to work out is it true or false, fact or fiction. What have you got? Yeah, a story of a goal, uh, a goal that wasn't scored by a football player, a goal that was scored by a fan who was witnessing witnessing the game. It happened in Russia nine years ago, there was a penalty given for the local team and the fan just appeared from the crowd, taking profit obviously of the controversy and appeared, started running 
from, I think it was the right side of the pitch and entered where the players are located when a penalty is shot. And then he appeared and he shot the penalty. He was dressed with the t-shirt of the local team. So he shot, it would in and he disappeared. Nobody understood what was happening in that moment. And suddenly the referee blew his whistle and he pointed his finger towards the center of the pitch. Obviously there was outrage uh, among the visitor players and the linesmen had to explain the referee, which probably he had the same breakfast as the one guy that scored the goal from the stand. And he said, okay, that goal is not it has not been legal, so you have to uh, not concede that goal. The penalty was shot again, and the goal was scored, but by a football player this time. Okay, Jamie. So just let me confirm this. You're saying that a player in Russia nine years ago ran on the pitch in a fan. full kit. Oh, sorry, a fan ran on from outside and, uh, and took a penalty, scored the penalty, and there was a big question mark whether it was allowed or not. Is that right? Yeah, it wasn't allowed in the end, thanks to the linesman. Yeah, but. It was okay. really funny to see that fat score of a penalty. Again, this is a difficult one because you, you could almost picture that happening, but again, I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say that's true. It's sort of true, but there was no controversy at all. The fan was just dressed with a huge jacket he scored. Everybody was laughing, but, but obviously it wasn't. It hadn't been to concede, so there was no controversy. The referee had no doubt. So I think you are wrong, my friend. So you tricked me. Okay, you tricked <laughs> me. You gave me, Sorry for you that. gave me elements of truth. Yeah, it's, 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 anyway, it gets you on the scoreboard. I, I don't like it, but it gets you on the scoreboard. <laughs> Two points, Jamie. Okay. Shari finishes off for today. And so I didn't it's, show uh, my legs. <laughs> no, we don't want to see those again. 90 <laughs> seconds to carry Brown for a fact or fiction story. I have to take you back to the career of Javier Hernandez, who has scored with his left foot, his right foot, his his head, his shoulder, his handball, for even the day that a ball crossed the line after smacking him in the face and allowed him to record a goal in the cup final. I'm now absolutely covering myself because I actually had a different story which wasn't really relating to goal scoring at all. But <laughs> shall I go with it? Fact or fiction? David Batty, who was mercurial and so important to the Leeds United team, was injured. And while he was recovering from his injury and desperately needed back, he started training his puppy because it was some downtown. Unfortunately, that puppy had an accident. He slipped on said puddle and it ensured that he couldn't get back into the team for another whole month. Crucially, leading to the fact that Leeds couldn't score crucial vital goals am i getting around getting the question completely wrong or not Ten, we've got tenuous links a go-go here carrie on our theme of goals it has to be said it, i mean if you're scoring points here i'm going to get text messages from eastern and spiro seriously questioning this david patty only scored about two goals in his career didn't he it, well yeah it's crucially, yeah, crucially I mean... important to the team scoring goals okay okay I mean, David Batty slipping on what you're basically saying was puppy accident. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say fact, yeah? Fact. Fiction. He was actually uh, hurt by his daughter, who was on a trike at the time, crashing into his ankle, which kept him out for a further month. But yeah, so I thought in the time of homeschooling, just to beware footballers of their kids on bicycles. 
Yeah, and puppies as well, apparently. Two <laughs> points to you, Carrie, as well. Although you'll have to improve and stick to our theme in future. I don't know. So there we go, the end of the first episode of Mark My Words. Let's have a look at the leaderboard after this first episode, theme of goals. Let's not forget the bottom at the moment, although still a long way to go, is Jamie Easton with just two points. Carrie Brown has three points and our leader at this early stage is Matt Spiro with four points. But as I say, a long way to go. We will tot up the points throughout the series and announce our winner at the end of the eight episodes we're going to record for you. So my thanks to Carrie, to Matt and to Jamie for their time today. Thanks to you as well for watching and joining us again very soon for another episode of Mark My Words. <laughs>